Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk presented by Dyer's Top Rods. And Turbo, I want to issue an apology for not being Dirt on Dirt's number one driver last week. I voted you number one. Some other guy in our voting panel voted you number one, but it wasn't enough. You got voted number three, which I don't feel like is deserving. And again, I call bullshit. Thoughts, buddy? Yeah, it's a lot of politics. And <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I don't care. If you go off the stats, um, we definitely, you know, we had the most wins. I think we made the second most money behind JD, which JD got the bonus. That definitely helped at Arizona. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I didn't lose sleep over it. I was texting my dad the day to come out and I was like, I'm number one for sure. And he texted me a three, like two hours later. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then it took me like 30 minutes to realize what he's talking about. And then for the rest of the day, I was walking around like a chicken with my head cut off because I was <laughs> pissed about it. But no, it doesn't. I mean, it is what it is. We were at the shop. You know, we kind of texted. I texted Overton and I was like, you got me this time. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you're number one. And he was like, ah, oh, shit, it doesn't matter. Sheppy will be number one in about three months. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but overall, great speed weeks for you. That's why I voted you number one. You had four wins overall between Arizona and Florida. You had plenty of speed pretty much the entire month just rate your speed weeks i know you had a little scuffle there the one night at east bay but overall it was a great one for you yeah it was definitely my best speed weeks i mean i you know there's the they wrote that article after arizona like what it could have should have about jd you know like he thinks he could have won four or five you know i think the same of myself like i ran second the first night to him that i ran second and i started 17th or whatever and I definitely could have used him up to try and win, but we didn't. And then the last night, obviously, we were racing for big money in Arizona and came up just a little bit short, had some issues in the heat. But, I mean, there was a lot of near misses, and, you know, we had speed at every place we went to. So that felt really, really good. Just, I guess it's not a typical, you know, turbo stretcher race, and if something crazy doesn't happen, and maybe that's why I didn't get voted number one, you know, getting kicked out of a race. That's what. That's what I joke with them guys about. I'm the only driver to win the most races, been on probation in one series, and completely kicked out another. Like, that never happens. So, it's, uh, yeah, it was a great trip. You know, my guys worked really, really hard. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. That's the main thing. Like, that was one of the most fun trips we had. And, you know, when we pulled back in the shop, I'm literally looking at a pile of snow taller in my truck. And it's like, man, we should have never left. I really wish we could have went to Volusia just to – you know, a lot of guys that were good everywhere else didn't do good. And then Devin and Brandon obviously did good at uh, Volusia. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, we had a really good car and I would just like to have seen what we could have done there. But it is what it is. You know, hopefully uh, get kicked off racing here in the next couple of weeks and, you know, can only go up from here. I'm going to hit the rewind bu- button. That's my rewind button. Um, Flashback like a month and a half ago. You're in Arizona. You get done with that. You and five or you and four other drivers made that journey from Arizona to Florida, and we did the crew diary, but we obviously couldn't show everything. Just describe that drive on Route 10 to get all the way to Lake City. That is a freaking haul, and it seemed like you guys' spirits are up and you were ready to go. Yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes it good when you can travel with other people. And, you know, the day, the day before the last race, Squirrel was like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go to my mom and dad. It's on the way. So he was like, you think we could go? I was like, yeah, hell yeah, sure. That'd be awesome, you know? I mean, you're not saying no to Squirrel. That's your boy. He always accepted you back in Illinois. Exactly, yeah. Like, I was glad. Like, I kind of offered it up to him, and he was like, yeah, for sure. And, uh, 
you know, and then in that feature on Sunday, I kind of gave him a chicken wing. So we were like loading up and I waited like 30 minutes, you know, we got loaded up and I hadn't heard from him. I was like, shit, maybe he's not coming to the house after all. But no, he got, you know, we all followed and we drove me and uh, his crew guy, Mitch, you know, we, we drove the first leg like 10 hours through the night. And uh, I went to bed and I woke up and I was in like Austin, Texas and uh, Randall had been driving and Marler texted me and was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, where are you going? And I'm not really sure where, where I'm going to go. I need to put a body on. I, he's like, I got all kinds of stuff to do. And I was like, well, just come to my dad and uh, shoot it. It was fun. You know, we all, you know, that kind of gave us a halfway point to look forward to something. And it definitely made me look forward to it because I could go eat, you know, at some of my favorite watering holes and restaurants in, in Huntsville there. So that made it fun. And then, you know, obviously when you run good, everybody's excited. So we were really pumped to get to Florida because we tend to run really good there. And, you know, after Alltech, uh, you know, we got to Alltech and that was, you know, that was like a four day journey at that point, but we stopped and washed everything and put a body on the car and just got things freshened back up. And, you know, once we went to Alltech and ran good, I was like, shoot, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I want to go race, you know, all of these. And, you know, it all, it all worked really good because, we just got the year fired off good. And I think that's half of it is, you know, you don't want to go to Arizona and suck for six nights and be like, shit, we got 10 more nights in Florida. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I really enjoy going to Florida and I like Arizona a lot. I'm sure we'll go back. So, you know, that made it fun when you can start off running well and, you know, nothing goes bad. Like if I would have crashed on practice night at Arizona, like I did at East Bay, the morale might not have been there for the whole trip. But, uh, you know, it just played in our favor and it was fun, you know, got to go see my boy Kyle down in Tampa, Rick the Barber, you know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff to do down there besides racing, which we didn't, you know, we didn't really go out or do anything crazy, but we just, we have a lot of fun and that's the main thing. Like we really enjoy being around each other. You know, we watch a whole season of Sons of Anarchy. Like we just do shit like that. <laughs> that it's like a college dorm room in the truck, I guess. How many burgers did Randall eat? We did the crew diary with you guys and by the way, it was the best crew diary of all time. I think it's season four or five, and it was tr- it was tremendous. Randall knows knows what the heck he's doing. You are made for TV. It was just a great one. It was easily the best. But how many burgers did he eat? I know his nickname's Cheeseburger, and we had the counter, but I think it was too high to count. Yeah, I know. I was pissed. I thought Truex was going to put a box, and dang it. And I tried to – we watched them all like a week ago, like the director's cut. And we were like trying to count. I lost count at like 176. So it was like an cheeseburgers. <laughs> I mean, no human being should be able to eat that many cheeseburgers and function. But hey, that's what fuels him. You know, I I drink bangs and take pads all day. So he eats burgers, and you know, we we wake up and get after it every day. Last thing, the racing was a little intense there at East Bay. Is that just because of the racetrack? Or is that the way we're going to have to start racing here? Because there was some body damage, a lot of hurt feelings. Just seemed like a lot of elbows were happening in East Bay. Or is that just how the track is? I mean, it's 33%, you know, three ways. The first part is we're all just turkeys, is what I said. And what's funny about the turkey thing is a lot of people got angry that I said turkeys. Like, they made it seem like I called them something really bad. And people that don't understand me or know me, like, I'm just a goober. Like, I think it's funny. And, uh, like my buddy, Timmy has been picking on me, like ever since then, like anytime I do something stupid, he's like, you're a turkey. But I mean, that's, that's a third of it is everyone is just so hyped up and, you know, it's not that this guy spends money or this guy wants it. I mean, we all want to win and, you know, half of our mindsets are do anything you can do to win. And the other half is, you know, be pissed off at the guys that really, really want to win. And, 
you know, I don't ever want to be that guy. If somebody beats me or, you know, they crashed me to win, obviously they were trying harder than I was. So, you know, you just put that in the back of your mind. And next time you go out there, you have to have the same mindset. It's, it's a dog eat dog world. And that's, you know, that's a part of it. Another part of it is obviously the racetrack. And, you know, when it's, when you don't have control over your race car, like you would have anywhere else, it definitely makes it right a little bit tougher to, cause you, you still have to have that same edge and aggression, but the racetrack won't allow it. You have to give and take at some point. And, uh, you know, most of us just won't, won't do that. So that's another part of it. And then I think the last part is, you know, night one, you and one guy get into it. Then night two, three guys get into it. Night three, some 18 year old kid bitch slaps a grown man. And then it just leads into, you know what I mean? Everyone in the pits has that. If you, uh, you know, if we went into build a bear, everybody'd be happy and smiling and wanting to cuddle. But if you go into WrestleMania, you know, people are ready to kill somebody. And that's kind of the mindset you had to have all week at East Bay. So it's just a, you know, it's a mixture of all that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's us. We hold the steering wheel, hit the gas, hit the brakes. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too proud to say that. It, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I can, I can live with that. You know, I want to win just as the next guy. And so does the other 70 something cars that were there. So that's just going to come with it. And, uh, obviously it makes for great TV, great racing, uh, great social media people that have, uh, absolutely zero racing experience or <laughs> sit on their couch. You know, I honestly, I thought I won every night at Volusia sitting on my couch and this is so easy. They're all, they're all stupid. What is it? I mean, it's, it's real easy to be a couch racer, but until you're out there doing it, you don't have a clue. And, uh, you know, that's good for our sport. It makes people talk about something and, that's like the main thing to do in 2021, 20, this whole generation is just, if you have something to talk about the next day, that's what people like to do. So, um, you know, it's good for us. It's definitely not bad. It might hurt a couple of people's pocketbooks, but at the end of the day, we all want to be here. Everybody wants to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it's just the phase we're in right now, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I was in a bizarro world where I was in Florida for like 30 some days and I feel like I just was in a fantasy world where all this craziness was happening, different storylines every night, and then all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, huh, Kyle Larson wins that first night, you know, at Speed Weeks at Alltech, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, we did that when Kyle Bronson won the first night of Volusia. It was just craziness. You were in Arizona. That month and a half was just bananas. Yeah, there was a lot going on between Arizona, Volusia, East Bay, uh, Alltech, Bubba's, Volusia again. I mean, it was just, there was a lot to a lot to see and a lot to take in. So it was a, you know, it was definitely an exciting one compared to where we were at last year in like March or April, people were pretty down about racing. And I think uh, it definitely kicked the year off with a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement stories and things like that. Well, we're having no segments this week because we have a special, special guest and actually turbo. I'm kind of scared to have this guy on because we doubted this guy at one time. And again, he shut us up in August. What's your thoughts going on going into this interview? It's going to be, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about it. Well, I'm excited to have Lyle on the show for sure. That's, I mean, it's cool. And I want to, before we talk to him, I just want to give a shout out to, I had a guy offer me 25000 to race a local sprint car race at Lincoln Park. And he said I couldn't beat whoever and this and that. And if you re-listen to the podcast, I said, I don't think he can win. That's what I said. I said, I don't think he can win. I said, it takes people years and years and years, but anything is possible. And that's one thing people that have commented and tweeted, they're like, Oh, turbo suck my balls. Turbo, you." <laughs> I got plenty of that I, stuff too. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want everyone that, you know, 
I know Q-tips are going up every day. So is dog coin, but you know, go listen to the podcast. I didn't, I said, I didn't think he could a hundred percent. I said that, but anything is possible. And I'm 99.99999% sure that's what I said. And, you know, congrats to him. He's really, really good. And I mean, when I talked to him at Alltech, I told him good job, went over there and he, the first thing that he did say that I will never forget, he said, dude, this was the easiest car to drive I've ever drove. And I wish everyone in the world would have heard that because when that guy can tell you that he doesn't even race late models, that just goes to show he obviously had the best car that night. And I'm not dogging him or rums or anybody. I mean, that's good. They went to work and obviously when he drives the six car, it's got max digs. So I'm just, uh, you know, he, he recognized that he had a really good car. He wasn't out there in a 72 Rayburn getting it done. So, um, you know, it was, it was amazing to watch. And, uh, you know, I can say that I've knocked his left side door off. So, I mean, I guess that's something to hang up in the coat rack for, uh, you know, all the people on Twitter that just watch him and eat hot Cheetos and, you know, talk about how good they are. Um, you know, I actually raced with them. So that's a small win for me. And, uh, I'm excited to have him on. I really am. I, uh, I'm curious you know, his personality. He's so level-headed and calm, and he doesn't, uh, he would be the yin to my yang, I guess. You never <laughs> see him doing anything. Yeah, when he won at Alltech, guess what he said to me when he got out of the car? He looked right at me and said, are you a believer now? I'm like, yes, apparently I am now. Goodness gracious. You just won by 15 seconds. Yeah, that's unheard of. I mean, that doesn't really happen very often, and you know, you can say, there's a lot of people like, oh, his car's good. He's good. I mean, but I don't think um joe blow from pa who watches at lincoln weekly could get in that car and win so yeah i mean you can't take anything away from the guy he is really good and you know i was wrong and i guess that'll make everyone on twitter that hates me a little bit happier that i had to admit i was wrong and you know i wish them all the greatest luck i wish every single one of them would show up and get in a late model and come to east bay or all tech and we'll see how many of them are as good as they really think well here's our guest kyle larson Joining us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is NASCAR driver, Chili Bowl champion, and most importantly, in my opinion, a two-time Lucas Oil Late Model Series winner, Kyle Larson. Kyle, first and foremost, how do you feel making me and Tyler Herb look like a bunch of idiots last summer? Be honest with me. Uh, <laughs> feels good, a little bit. Um, no, I think my fans probably appreciate it more than, than I do. So. Um, no, it was, um, obviously really cool to win. And then I think I, I definitely outperformed really what I thought I was going to do as well. So, um, but no, it was good to, uh, good to, good to, uh, do better than, than some of the doubters thought I might do too. It was a fun summer for you last year. You got to go back to your roots, you race sprints, you race some late models, even race the dirt track world championship. How much fun was it for you to like, you know, kind of go back in time and be a kid again? Yeah, it was probably as far as driving a race car, probably the the most fun I'd had, you know, throughout a whole season um since 2012. Uh 2012 was kind of a similar year, you know, I ran a lot of different types of cars. Um I think I raced like 120 or so races that year and won 30 of them. Um and then this year, you know, was a was a similar year but but different, you know, cuz this year I I won a lot more, but um, I did it, you know, driving up and down the road with my family in a motorhome. You know, back then, uh, I was, you know, just started dating Caitlin at the time. So, um, 
yeah, a little bit different lifestyle, even though it was still racing. But um, so yeah, this year was fun and getting to, to dabble in you know, something that I'd never done before, but always had wanted to try uh, with the late model was was really really cool and and I enjoyed that a ton. Um, you know, once I finally got to to drive it and hang out with the other drivers and teams and just kind of experience that whole different um, atmosphere. All right, Turbo, this is uh, Kyle, your biggest critic, Tyler Herb. You got a question for him? <laughs> Kyle or me? Do I get to ask the first question? Turbo, you, got it. you get to ask the first question, buddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously your fans hate us because we <laughs> – I, I said I just don't think it could happen. I said there's no way that he can show up and win, you know, in a late model. Like, it's just too hard. I said, but anything is possible, and sure as shit, you proved us wrong. So, like, just talk about your weekend at Port, and, you know, the first night you ran good and blew the deck out, taking the checkered, I believe, right? Like, you still mm-hmm. finished, yeah. but, like, wiped the, wiped the deck out. And then the next night, I mean, did you think, like, okay, yeah, I probably could win. You know, I just need things to fall right. Just talk about the whole weekend and – I mean, what, you know, when you left Saturday night and you'd won and everyone's dogging on me and Suave because we suck and just talk about the whole experience. Yeah, no, I mean, I I for sure agreed with you or whatever. Like, I didn't expect to go win a single race, you know, at all um, to this point in a late model. But um, I guess, you know, with the year that I had going and the sprint car and stuff. I mean, obviously you're confident and somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, maybe I could. Um, and I felt like I got comfortable quickly in the, the, you know, handful of laps that I ran at Cherokee. And then we went to friendship on the way up to Port Royal. And, um, yeah, I remember telling my buddies, I was like, man, I, I don't know, but I, I think I am going to do good. Um, and then, you know, I think what really, helped me out in my confidence and all that was uh the first practice session on Thursday and I was I was quickest by a couple of tenths um so I knew our car was going to qualify well and the way the format is you know it's being straight up all night long if you can qualify good you're you're most likely going to have a good night and you know I understood Port Royal probably probably better than than anybody else did there um just because I'd gotten to race there a lot throughout the year and kind of learn the characteristics of the racetrack because the surface is always so consistent there you can you can learn a lot um so then yeah that first night was was really fun uh i got to you know battle with jimmy owens there quite a bit and um you know i ended up blowing the deck out of it because i was (laughs) i desperately i desperately wanted to, to beat him uh in my my first race in a late model um and got way too excited the last lap and and hammered the wall so I was mad at myself then but at the same time I was like okay I know I can win because I was close to getting you know top whatever it was three or four that night and then uh, yeah everything worked out Saturday I qualified quickest in my group won my heat and got to line up on the front row and uh, yeah let every lap so it was that was really really cool and like I said I I didn't ever think that I was going to win so I think when you surprise yourself it makes a win feel that much more special so I would I would definitely rank that that win that I got at Port Royal right up there probably number one right it's a late model race I mean really like one (laughs) top three for sure uh wins of my career just because I didn't expect to do it 
you want to know what? Guess what? It was my top three biggest losses of my career. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. let's go back in time. How did you start your racing career? When did it, what age did you like? You know what? Let's go racing. Well, I so my parents took me to my first race when I was three weeks old. Um, we went to Santa Maria Speedway, a World Outlaw race, and obviously I don't remember that, but um, I think that just you know, shows that my parents, you know, loved racing a lot. And, uh, so yeah, you know, my sister and I, we grew up going to the racetrack, watching sprint cars, you know, up and down the West coast, gosh, like 50 races a year, probably as fans just to watch. And then I got into go-kart racing, outlaw kart racing when I was seven and did that, you know, every weekend, basically, uh, until I was 14, I got into a sprint car and ran, ran out in California for four years pretty much full-time um between 360s and 410 sprint cars and then started having some success there in 2010 and that's when Keith Coons and Pete Willoughby picked me up uh to run their USAC stuff so I moved to Indiana and ran USAC full-time in 2011 and that's kind of really when my career took off and uh I had a great year that year I won a lot of big races uh you know Belleville I spoke the four crown. I won my first outlaw race. So like my name was getting out there a lot and then, uh, got hired by Chip Ganassi later that year. And, um, been, you know, stock car racing for the most part, uh, every year until last year. And then, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been good. You know, I still get to race the dirt stuff a lot. And, and so far, you know, now I'm with Hendrick Motorsports there, they seem to be loving dirt track racing now too. And, um, let me race. So then, been uh, a lot of years of racing but all really fun yeah so when you're back in california first getting started and you're winning these races locally how old were you when you realized you know what i am pretty good at this i can head east and do this kind of thing or did that ever even cross your mind when you're racing local well i think when you're gosh probably even younger than than racing sprint cars like you're my dream was always to make a living racing you know cars for a living and you know, make money, uh, not have, not having to have a real job. And I guess that didn't really become a reality that I could maybe make a living out of doing it until I was probably, yeah, 16 or 17 and, and started competing and beating, you know, a lot of the drivers that I looked up to, um, you know, when I grew up in California and then, you know, really when I got with Keith Coons and, and, started being competitive on a, on a national scene right off the bat, I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely do this. And even if it's just racing sprint cars or whatever, you know, full time, you know, I can make a living doing this. But, um, as far as like making it to NASCAR or whatever, it didn't become a, a reality until, yeah, that somewhere through the summer of 2011. All right, Turbo, you got anything? I mean, when you won, what was what would you say your first biggest dirt win was? You know, sprint car, midget, whatever. Like, what was your first big win? And then I would play off that. Uh, I guess. I mean, the one that the one that did the most for my career was definitely when I swept the four crown at Eldora in 2011. Um, yeah, I'd won some big races, but I didn't really feel like it catapulted my career a ton but when I won that I remember I remember you know the next day that was when Speed Channel was still around and like 
that was all they were talking about on Speed Channel um, the next day before the cup race at New Hampshire. I think they were out that weekend. Um, you know, they were playing interviews of Jeff Gordon and Tony and Casey all kind of talking about the night that I had. And so I would say definitely the four count at Eldora was the one that I, I feel like still to this day did the most for my career. Okay. And when you win your first big race, like, I feel like I haven't won a crown jewel yet, but like the first time I won a 10,000, I was like, I'm blowing this money this week. And <laughs> I'm pretty I bought a new truck that week. Cause I was like, I'm rich. Like, this is it. And that's what I want to ask is like, what did you do that? Like that week thereafter, like, did you go to the club? Like, what'd you buy? What did you do? Like celebrate it. Cause you know, deep down, every one of us has some sort of like, we celebrate it some way in our own way, shape or form. Like now my thing to do is like, I go home with Newman and we watch YouTube all night long. Like that's what we do the night of. So what'd you do night of or week thereafter? Yeah, that, that weekend at Eldora, anyways, um, I don't remember doing anything, like, wild, because I wasn't, I wasn't 21 yet, um, I, I, I was with my parents, I think, that weekend, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think anything fancy then, and, uh, <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm afraid to talk about other wins, you know, because, you know, I don't want to talk about underage drinking or anything like that, but, um, no, it's, I remember, so 2011, I won all those big races, and I I guess I took a lot of my money that I'd won that year, and I bought my first truck um, that I still have today. Um, just a 2011 or whatever it was, Chevy Silverado. Um, so, yeah, I was, you know, pumped about that, you know, got wheels for it, got the windows tinted, <laughs> you know, straight from, the, straight from the dealership and drove it to uh southern california to go race um with caitlin who was my new girlfriend at the time so you know i was like super pumped up about you know the money that i'd earned to, to buy that truck um so yeah that 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 truck holds sentimental value uh to me which is which is cool all right play off that um my girlfriend's name's caitlin your wife's name's caitlin they both sell shirts they're both Smokies. I mean, who has the hotter Caitlin? Let's be honest. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to, uh, I don't know if that's for us to debate, really. Caitlin's got more fans, I think, than I do Which because I'm, of her drinking beer. I'm kind of mad about that. I love your wife. She puts on shows in Victory Lane, shotgunning beer. But people forget I smoked her at the Dome, and I get no credit for it. Oh, do you yeah. remember seeing that clip yeah, of me waxing her? Not, yeah, she's not, like, good at it. <laughs> I don't think, but but she she does it. So I think that's what people think is is cool. You smoked her for sure. I remember I remember standing somewhere in the building watching that on the big screen. Yeah, and you crushed her. And she probably had half her beer emptied by that point to cheat a little bit. Oh, uh, I don't. I think she went full there. Maybe I had half of it, and I was just you know kind of playing the crowd oh, there. You know what? But... I think maybe you. I think yeah. I think. Did you teach her the trick of dumping some of it out? No. I, I If you watch the thing, it is a good pour, no okay. spillage or nothing. I'm a professional drinker here. Yeah, all you late model guys are. <laughs> that is true. That's one thing that we like to do is drink beer. But I got some late model questions for you, Kyle. Did you know what a late okay. model was growing up? I know you Cali bros probably had no clue. Ugh. I mean, I knew who Scott Bloomquist was. Um, I never really watched 
late model racing or modified racing or anything like that. Like even when they would be a support division, um, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch. Cause I was like, ah, oh, modifieds are here. They're going to tear the track up. I'm not, I don't care for them, blah, blah, blah. But as I've gotten older and, and I, I would say, yeah, once I moved to Indiana, um, in 2011 and became friends with J.R. Todd and John Jones. Uh, John Jones, he lives in Martinsville, Indiana. So he's, he's really good friends with the O'Neills. So I got paying more attention to it. I went to a, uh, a hell to a race at Putnamville. Is that where Don O'Neill flipped? I, think I remember. Yeah. I think you guys were just talking about this like a couple weeks ago. And yeah, as soon, that's the first thing I remember. First ever late model race I went to, we turned into the, you know, the entrance there off the road. And the first thing I see is Don O'Neill <laughs> barrel barrel rolling out of turn two. And I was like, Holy, I didn't know late models flip. Um, but yeah, that was a cool race. Uh, Shannon Babb won. Um, so I bought a t-shirt that night. Um, and then, you know, this, the last couple of years, I've really wanted to try late model racing, but I've always been nervous, you know, cause I didn't want to embarrass myself or anything like that. And, um, I didn't, I don't know anybody in late model racing. So once, once I got linked together with Kevin Rumley and stuff, you know, I watched as many videos as I could and, and really got to pay attention and learn the drivers and learn their styles and, um, become a huge fan of the sport. So, um, I enjoy late model racing a ton now and, and wish I would have, Wish I would have gotten into it, um, you know, a few years ago. And that's what I was going to say. I talked to Casey Schumann in my one lap, one beer segment, and he said if he could go back in time, knowing what he knows now, he would start racing late models because the pay is so much better. There's more high paying, more even regional paying, ten thousand dollar to win races. Would you do the same? Yeah, I mean, if I could go back in time and know that I was going to do a good job in a late model, I would for sure have pursued it uh you know years ago um you know because yes it it's fun for one is why i think you know i I really don't like get that wrapped up in the pay of the races um but there is there is definitely more big paying races and late models but i i really just race because i love it um so yeah you i would i would definitely do it and i think you know i would have a lot of fun back then doing it and um gosh before having children, late model racing would have been a blast because you could really <laughs> party, party uh, throughout the weekend. So, um, but no, it's it's cool. I'm glad I, I I've gotten to do it now. And like I said, being with Kevin Rumley, I mean, he's obviously, from what I know, uh, one of the best to ever wrench on a late model. So I'm very lucky to be be with him. If you start last late model question, if you started a late model team today. Who would you put in the car and why? And you don't have to say Turbo just because he's on the line. But you can. Um, I, I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough question, really. I think, I think Brandon Shepard is the whole package, really. Like he's, he's a really, really, really good driver. He, I feel like watching him is kind of like watching Donnie Shots in a way. Like he can he can do it all. Like he can be smooth and calculated, but also aggressive and up on the wheel when he needs to be, you never see him really. I mean, aside from East Bay where everybody tore up their cars, 
you never you never see him really put himself in a bad spot and you know, I think that's why he wins big races wins championships and um I think he's probably the best that there is right now and um yeah he's doing an awesome job turbo that's cold blooded that's cold blooded <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't turbo's got too many rivals right now oof that's a great so on rivals I literally like so for the last like three days. Swab told me you're coming on, so like I've been YouTubing like every Lyle Carson, like two Larry video, car crash, like anything I can try to find. And like every time there's like a crash or something happens, they're like Kyle goes over, speaks to AJ Allmendinger, like life's good. Like how do you keep? You're like the yin to my yang. Like I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> like issue, I'm like we're gonna handle it some which way, shape, or form, and it's never the right way. So how do you keep such a level head? And is that just your personality? Is that just the California way? Like maybe if I grew up in California, I'd act that way. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, I mean, you race so many different cars, so many different things. Like how have you never gotten an altercation that's like mainstream? Like what's the deal? Well, I think if I was as big as you and, <laughs> you know, confident I could handle my own in a fight, I'd probably be, I'd probably get into more altercations. But I think I'm so small that uh, I know I'm going to lose that battle. But, um, no, I think I always try and, and I think this is good and bad, but I always, like, if I get, if I get crashed or run into it, I always try, you know, I'm mad in the moment, but once I take a deep breath and think about it, I'm like, well, what did I do to put myself in that position? Like, all right, I, I jumped the cushion five laps ago and allowed that person to be even close to me. If I didn't make that mistake, then I would have never got wrecked to begin with. So I always end up putting it on myself, and that kind of helps me from getting mad at other people. And I also think when you put that mindset into your your own racing, it it makes you be better uh, in the future and making less mistakes rather than just being like, oh, I got crashed, and I'm mad at that person. So um yeah i don't know i think it but like i said i think it's good and bad that i that i do end up taking the blame for most things at least in my own mind you know I'm, i don't go talk to people when i wreck that or i get wrecked or whatever because most of the time i feel like it's probably not on purpose um especially open wheel racing i think late model racing is probably a little different because you guys have fenders and stuff you can you know run into people on purpose more often but usually when somebody's getting into you in a sprint car nine times out of ten you know, not, uh, intentional, but, uh, I don't know. I think trying to take the blame for yourself, uh, is, is okay to do every now and then. And that's life lesson so, 101 turbo right there for you. I need to take the blame <laughs> and have some pads. That's the point of this whole conversation. Yes. You need to calm yourself. <laughs> and I'm not speaking just directly to turbo. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really being honest about, I'm being honest about myself and that's how I do that's how I approach it. When you, when you uh, said that uh, turbo's, a, turbo's a bigger guy, when you see all these late model guys, they kind of have a different body feature than you uh, open wheel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Um, I, yeah, I feel like you know, I'm by far the smallest. Devin Moran's probably the, the next smallest, but he's even you know, stocky and strong looking. Um, but then, yeah, the rest of them are all like, tall and big and athletes you would say right (laughs) yeah well (laughs) some are athlete looking but um (laughs) no it's 
it's just it's just different it's a totally different atmosphere you know between sprint cars and late models and um i don't know why why it's like that like why most sprint car drivers and midget racers are all smaller but um yeah it's weird i don't know because the race cars are smaller and lighter so you have to be you can't really be 100 pounds heavier than somebody and be as competitive where i think maybe you know the late models the race cars are so heavy that the weight of the driver doesn't make a huge difference i I really don't even know if it makes a huge difference in sprint cars and stuff i know midgets it does but um yeah for whatever reason late model guys are are big how do you prepare yourself mentally for a 30-lap shootout at Port Royal to a 100-lap race at the Dirt Track World Championship to a 500-mile race at Daytona? Do you have to take it in differently? Because I feel like that's tough to, t- or tough to handle sometimes because it's three different types of racing. Yeah, well, let's be honest. I shouldn't even have been in the 100-lap race at Port <laughs> uh, I was so bad that weekend. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I try, I guess, a 30-lap race, you know, you're – obviously you're going all out and, and it depends on, you know, where you're running in the field. Um, you know, if you're, if you're starting the pole and get to the lead, like you're still, there's moments, there's points of the race where you're riding, um, you know, maybe not going a hundred percent to save your stuff. Um, and then, you know, the longer races, I would say it's the same thing. You know, you, you got to take advantage of restarts and stuff. So you got to be aggressive in the early stages of the race you know, every restart you get, but then once the field kind of thins out, you can take care of your stuff, you know, manage your tires and, and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, NASCAR is, I feel like NASCAR, because you have pit stops, it's almost like if you have a 500 lap race, you know, you're, you're basically got a bunch of, you know, 50 lap little races where you're running really hard in. So, um, almost, yeah, you don't you don't ride as much as you think you might in a 500 mile race because track position is extremely important. So you know, there's a lot less give and take than um, there might seem to be um, on TV or whatever. So it, it's all maybe it's just me, but I feel like I, I kind of have the the aggressive mindset in in all the types of cars I run and and even you know the lengths of the races that I run. Last couple things, Turbo. You got anything? So if you went to East Bay this trip, would you have been aggressive? Or how do you think you would have done there? I really wish you would have came. I feel like that would yeah. have been like a, it would have been exciting. Yeah. Everything about it was exciting. So what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on East Bay this, this past, what, I'm sure you watched all week. What do you, I mean, how would you have seen your week at East Bay going? I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't feel like I have enough experience in a late model like predict how I would have been there um you know obviously I've I've won in a late model on half miles so I feel like that and I felt comfortable at both of those where like Portsmouth was a smaller racetrack smaller than East smaller than East Bay right oh they're about the same Portsmouth okay they're pretty close so then yeah for how bad I ran at Portsmouth I feel like I probably would have been below average at east bay but with all the nights that you guys got to run i think eventually maybe i would have gotten the hang of it um and two it looks like east bay gets you know really really slick so i think the slicker it gets 
the better the better off I am. But at the same time, East Bay looks so aggressive, and you have to run the car so hard that I, I don't know I don't know how I would how I would be. Um, you know, hopefully I would have missed a lot of the wrecks and got some good finishes out of it, but uh, you never know. Are you going to pencil it in next year, East Bay? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, for sure. I want to do it next year. I wanted to do it this year, but, you know, with me going to a new, a new cup team and, and not, you know, racing a cup car in a long time, I, I felt like, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to be at the race shop and show my face and showing that I'm fully committed to starting the season off strong in NASCAR. And, um, you know, I think next year when I'm, been around my team guys a lot and they see that how committed I am to all the types of racing I'm doing that. Yeah, for sure. I want to go to, go to East Bay and, and race as much as I can through the winter. And two, I, I think East Bay is closing in a couple of years. So I want to, I want to run a late model there before it, before it shuts down. I was able to run this sprint car there last year and, uh, and win, which was cool. Um, but the late model is just, you know, it seems like the speed weeks are, are, really big and exciting to watch. So, um, I want to do it. Name two more tracks you want to go to this year, late model, or that you're going to go to that are big, like, like Fairbury, something along those lines. Uh, yeah. So Fairbury for sure. That's on my, that's on my birthday weekend. And guess we're what, Kyle? NASCAR, so that's huh? my birthday weekend too. Is it? When's your birthday? Well, it's like July 27th, or 5th, but it's on a Sunday, so the following Saturday. I mean, no one has a party on uh, Sunday, so. Your birthday is July 25th? Yes. So that's the same as my wife. Well, we're birthday buddies. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. And, there you go. Uh, fun fact, that's my home track, and I take the weekend off, so I'm like a fan that whole weekend. So, I hope to see you there. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, right now I plan on being there uh that my birthday is july 31st i think the race is the 30th and the 31st um so yeah i I hope if everything goes as planned that i can be there for that and then i would love to run the dream and the world at eldora and i've i'm not sure if it's official or not but i'd I'd heard a while back that they're going to do kind of like that they're they're doing for the world or for the uh uh Kings Royal, where they're doing like the midweek stuff, right? I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but hopefully, if they do that, I can run the midweek portions of the Dream and the World. And um, yeah, I mean, I would love to go do that. Those are, I mean, some of your guys' biggest races of the year. So, um, and Eldora, I think, would be a track that I'd be, I'd be good at. So great, we're doomed. Want to go to those two places? We're doomed. It was a good run. Gosh, just taking well, all all the monies from us. Goodness, but uh, I mean, if I'm not if I'm not at Fairbury, does it even count as win? I mean, you have to beat me. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't count if you if you can't race that this year. So, I mean, if he wins the pra- if he wins the Prairie Dirt, I'll I will rush the racetrack. Book it, Kyle Larson, and I'll get I will get on right. I will get on the car with you. I hope to make the main event there. Like I like I said, I think I'm a half mile guy, and that's extremely small so turbo I don't, uh, he I has don't have high expectations turbo he has no idea of how chaotic of bananaville fairbury is for that race weekend does he oh fairbury is not no. like first there i don't i've never finished an event there like i'm talking 
qualifying the extent of my finish at a Fairbury race. Like every time I've been there, I watched, I flipped. <laughs> I watched the Fairbury, one of the Fairbury races, I guess, um, from this past year. And, uh, yeah, there was like eight cars that finished or something. And I was like, wow, if you can just survive, like that's a good night. <laughs> yeah. It's just the massive, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a concrete wall of dirt. And when you hit it, you go yeah. 50 miles faster, but if you can hit it five laps in a row, the six lap, you're going to like break a wheel. Like I've broke a wheel there, a guy <laughs> crashed in front of me, I flipped. And then obviously I'm sure you've seen the video where I flipped the wrong way, but like, it's just hectic. Like stuff's happening really, really fast. And you're, if you don't drive hard, you're not like, you'll get lapped in 10 laps. It's, it's so hard to describe. And if you can win there, like you're a big dog, there's no doubt. Yeah. I'm excited to go there for sure. You get to run some small tracks and try and get better. Last thing is we do this for every guest. I don't know if you've seen the show at the end, but we have our guests descri- uh, describe and rate Tyler Erb's driving ability because we're trying to make him the best driver possible. I'm trying to get him a Lucas Oil Series champion. What does he need to improve on, or what do you see that he's very good at and you know, trying to make him the best driver possible? And no better person who can drive anything, he can drive a dump truck, than Kyle Larson. So rate your Tyler Erb driving ability. No holds bar either. Well, <laughs> no, I mean... Obviously, he doesn't lack speed, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like you make the most speed out of anybody, for sure. I mean, you run. There's nobody out there that runs harder than, than Turbo, that's for sure. That's I think that's why he sells a lot of T-shirts, because they can see that he's running way harder than everybody. Um, but obviously, I mean, to win a championship, I think it. yeah, I mean, it, you, you, I think we all saw, like, at East Bay, like, either lose your mind for like a split second and then boom like oh shoot i'm suspended for the night so i think once once yeah you figure out how to just relax and like let the crappy stuff blow over i think you're gonna be fine and for sure i see championships in your future um i mean anybody as fast as you once they put it all together is gonna win championships so um, and yeah, I mean, your race car has been competitive every night, which is the most important thing too. So, um, yeah, I would, uh, I think it's, it's in the future. Just be patient. Patience. I got it. Coming from somebody who's never won a championship. Oh, you have, you've never won. One. Well, I mean, no, nah, I mean like go-karts and I, yes, nothing like major. No USAC, nothing. No. Wow. I honestly, I haven't really I haven't really chased that many championships, so like Do I need to start using uh, the F word? Huh? Do I need to start using the F word like for all I mean I don't want to say it, but no championships? <laughs> well, I ran for USAC championship twice. My rookie year I probably finished like third or fourth in the midget and then I think like fourth or fifth in Silver Crown. Uh and then yeah, I mean NASCAR stuff. Yeah, we all no, I was never close to winning a championship in NASCAR, but um yeah, I see people all the time saying, Well, he's never won a World of Outlaw championship or this or that. How good could he be? But I've never had the chance to either. Wow. I mean, you're my champion still, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well I'm glad you can say that now. Yeah, I mean, 
it was hard. It was a tough pill to swallow. I mean, obviously, I had nothing against you this whole time. I was just trying to get. I just think the sprint yeah. car fans just, just they just think they're like above late model fans. So that's really what I was going for. But all the drivers, they're pretty low key. I like him. I like you. I like Donnie Shots. I like you know Jason yeah. Side. So it's not like it was against personally anything against you. It's just more of the no. the fan base. They just think they're upper echelon compared to us late model people. <laughs> yeah. No. I I think competitors for the most part from all disciplines respect every other driver from other disciplines but yeah the fans i mean yeah it's like they gotta have their guys and cheer for them so no i get it um no it's fun and yeah it's uh i don't i wish i wish sprint car and late model fans and heck even throw nascar fans in there could all just appreciate all forms of racing i think it's getting closer though i do i do I agree. All right, Kyle. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy man. You got a NASCAR. You got dirt track racing. Heck, you're probably racing dump trucks somewhere tonight in North Carolina. But uh, appreciate the time. Thanks for giving the tips to Tyler Herb. And uh, we'll see you down the road. And good luck in the late models here in the future. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And uh, good luck to you, Turbo. Go win some more races. Well, Turbo, I'm glad Young Money isn't mad at us he's not going to hold it against us he truly is a good dude he's a racer through and through as he showed last year when he raced dirt racing all throughout the summer he's going to be racing dirt this year as well while racing nascar he is a racer i feel like he's just like you racer at heart for sure any guy that you know does what he does and has gone through the situation he did and just shows up in races and you know can be a normal guy i can respect somebody like that you know he He's just like one of us, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We need people like that. Season preview time, Turbo. This is one of my favorite things I do with you because you're an analyst. You know what the heck you're talking about. You say what's on your mind. You sit 13th in points, which at first I was shocked, but then I realized you got low points that you could possibly get when you got kicked out at East Bay. Can you make a run for the title and get – and really, can you get a bunch of feature wins? I think that's your truly your real goal is get a lot of Lucas Oil feature wins. And if you do that, maybe you can contend for the title because you're not too far out how the point structure is, but 13th right now. But if you look and ask somebody, you're like, there's no way he's in 13th. Well, technically I 